0: You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. I'll
1: never be amazed at how we try to hide our sin. I mean, Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sin. God comes walking in the cool of the day, Adam, where are you? God knew exactly where he was. Adam, though, with Eve, was hiding. I mean, every time I think about it, doesn't it, doesn't it sound just humorous to think you can hide from God? What ways are you trying to hide your sin from God? As Pastor
0: Danny will point out in today's message, since the very first instance of sin, man has been trying to hide it from God. It's a futile effort. Nothing is hidden from him. You may not physically be hiding in the bushes like Adam, but one big way that we try to hide from him is in our religion. You may know the sinful state of your heart, but you try to cover it up with good works and following the rules externally. But what God really cares about is your heart. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus chapter 12 as he begins his message, Passover.
1: Go to the Old Testament book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 12. When you find Exodus chapter 12, go down to verse 21. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the doorframe. Not one of you shall go out the door of his house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. And then the people bowed down and worshipped. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded, Moses and Aaron. In applying the blood, you would go up, cross, and you would, in applying the blood to the door frame, you would make a cross. And God intended that. Because the fulfillment of the Old Testament Passover sacrifice is Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. The Old Testament uh, sacrifice had to be a year old lamb, no defect, or it wouldn't be acceptable. You would choose the lamb on the 10th day, and you would keep the lamb in your possession until the 14th day when you would slaughter that lamb, you imagine how challenging that would be because you have had this spotless lamb who is in the prime of life in your home. You slaughter the lamb, you apply the blood, and you you eat (laughs) the lamb. It's interesting, Jesus at one point uh, said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And a lot of people said, we're not going to follow this guy anymore. But they didn't understand. He was speaking spiritual words related to the Old Testament Passover and the sacrificial lamb, applying the blood, and then eating the lamb. And by eating the lamb, you are sustaining your life. By applying the blood, you're saving your life from the judgment. Of God, each family was to select their lamb. It was a very personal sacrifice. It was a very personal decision. I hope you can appreciate the most important reason for applying the blood, so that you will be spared judgment. Hebrews nine twenty seven: Man is destined to die once, and then the judgment. The Book of Revelation gives us uh, the record of the final judgment. Let me just remind us of it. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. John the Apostle says, I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, earth and sky fled from his presence. There was no place for them, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and hell gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. And then death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. And get this last verse. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, also known as the Lamb's book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. There is going to be a final judgment. There is a real lake of fire. I know it's hard to fathom, but that's what the Bible teaches. Nobody has to go to the lake of fire because God has offered a sacrifice for sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And whosoever, I love that, whosoever believes in him, trusts in him, should not perish. Would have everlasting life. We were up again this past week at the youth camp, this time the high school youth camp. A lot of bikers up in the area where this youth camp is held. Bikers are really particular about their clothes. They love clothes that say something. And I was thinking as I was watching all these bikers and reading some of their clothing, I'm going to do a shirt, and it's going to say, if you die without a Savior, there's hell to pay. That's a good shirt. If you die without a Savior, there's hell to pay. But you don't have to go to hell, and you don't have to experience the lake of fire. All you have to do is apply the blood personally. You have to receive Jesus. You can't be saved because your mom saved, or your dad saved, or your son or daughter is saved. No. You have to apply the blood. And what a wonderful privilege. Now, inseparably linked to the Passover sacrifice, it's called the feast of unleavened bread. You would Choose the lamb. The lamb is in your possession for four days. You would slaughter the lamb. You would apply the blood. And at twilight, at twilight, the end of the day, the beginning of the next day, you would begin the feast of unleavened bread. You back up in Exodus 12, verse 15, for seven days, you were to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. Forever whoever has any yeast in it from the first day through the seventh, he'll be cut off from Israel. It's a serious thing. A natural thing that after you sacrifice the Passover lamb, you apply the blood, then you enter into seven days of the feast of unleavened bread. And it's a natural link that if you're going to sacrifice the lamb, apply the blood, then you're naturally going to move into the feast of unleavened bread. Leaven in the Bible is representative of sin, of evil. So after the sacrifice of the lamb, applying the blood, everyone is to go through his entire house, and, and for seven days, you're going to make sure there is no yeast anywhere in your house. Now leave Exodus 12, and go to the New Testament with me, to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And before we read this text, another reminder that the Passover sacrifice of the Old Testament is fulfilled in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And now we don't take a literal lamb and sacrifice a literal lamb and eat the lamb. For us, our practice at this church, we have a little cracker. I know it's not much, But it's what it represents. And it represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself. He is the Passover lamb. And he took the punishment that you and I deserve in his body. He took the beating. And mysteriously enough, when he hung on the cross, he took our sin in his body. And as he shed his blood, and that's the little welches we're going to share in tonight. It represents his blood. He died and he shed his blood. Spotless lamb, precious blood, untainted blood, sinless. So Paul refers to the New Testament practice of communion in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. and verse 6, he says right near the beginning, don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Get rid of the old yeast. That you may be a new batch without yeast, as you really are. What he's saying is, by faith in Christ, and as you have personally received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God says now, you're forgiven. You're cleansed. By faith. But practically speaking... We still need to watch out for leaven. You really are a new batch without yeast for Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival. He's talking about when they come together and share the communion meal, not with the old yeast, the yeast of malice and wickedness, but with bread without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth. That you're sincere. In your commitment to Christ and your living and walking in truth. The context of Paul writing here in 1 Corinthians 5 was sexual sin in the church. But let's not go to the context right now. Let me go to what Jesus said. Jesus gave us three types of leaven, three types of leaven that we're to watch out for. The first one, as we go to it, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 1, Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, and he tells us what it is, which is hypocrisy. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. What you've whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. He began first with his disciples. That's interesting. So even true disciples can have the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, the word means you are play-acting. That what you're portraying on the outside is not the reality. In his blistering message about the Pharisees in Matthew 23, he said, on the outside, you appear to men as righteous, but you got a real problem on the inside. I'll never be not amazed at how we try to, To hide our sin. I mean, Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sin, God comes walking in the cool of the day. Adam, where are you? God knew exactly where he was. Adam, though, with Eve, was hiding. (laughs) I mean, every time I think about it, it, doesn't it sound just humorous to think you can hide from God? But Adam and Eve tried, and we've been doing it ever since. I did it as a young teenager. That's why I had 13 bottles of Visine. Because not only did I want the Visine to douse my eyes with after I had smoked pot and drank, and then I'd go in at the end of the evening, and I didn't want my mother to see the red eyes. And so I would douse them with Visine, hoping it would get the red out. But I also became a kleptomaniac, And every time I was in a little convenience store, I would pocket another bottle of Visine. So I at one time had 13 bottles of Visine. I was stocked up, man. Prepared. I thought I had the perfect place to hide my bag of pot. Right in between the foam and the shell of my bass drum in my bedroom. But you got to remember to put it back there every time after rolling the joints in the bathroom or your mother might find it, which is exactly what happened to me. And, of course, she said, what is this? I said, I don't know. Must be Dwight's, my brother's. The lie didn't hold up, though, but the point is we hide. We hide. But to think you can hide from God. Listen. Listen, it's foolish to try to hide from God. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And it can affect a genuine Christian, someone who really has applied the blood, who really has been born again. But before I move on to the second leaven Jesus warns about, let me just say, um, the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, can also be someone who looks like a Christian, who acts like a Christian, is grown up in church, is born into a real godly Christian family. The truth is they've never been born again. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, as I just read in Luke chapter 12, one of the 12 most choice disciples he was speaking to was Judas. And he was the kind of hypocrite that had never really been saved. Watch out for the East, for the Pharisees as a Christian. Watch out for the East of the Pharisees that you're just playing. You just look like a Christian. You act like a Christian, but you've never, ever really been born again. So second type of yeast. Jesus mentions this, and I'll go to Matthew chapter 16 for this one. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 6. Be careful, Jesus said to them, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I used to think they were one and the same. But if you study the Scriptures, you understand that the Pharisees had a particular type of yeast, and Jesus said, there's this hypocrisy. What's the Sadducees? Well, the Bible tells us the Sadducees did not believe in resurrection, which is an odd thing. You believe in God, but you don't believe in resurrection. So you are a religious person, you believe in God, but you're not living in light of eternity. The yeast of the Sadducees is short-sightedness. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. In other words, your focus in life, if you don't believe in resurrection, you could be a religious person and yet just living For the things of this life. It affects how you spend your money. It affects uh, what is valuable to you. Religious. Believer in God. Nice person. Moral. But possibly affected by the yeast of the Sadducees. You're not living in light of a future hope. And resurrection life. And before I move on to the third type of leaven, one of the greatest times in New Testament church history was the early church in Jerusalem. And the book of Acts records just the amazing things that were happening. I mean, how many people got saved uh, on the day of Pentecost when Peter gets up and preaches the gospel? I mean, 3,000 people in one day are added to the church. Miracles are happening Uh, You're getting the best teachers on the planet at the time, the apostles, and you can go to church every day at the temple courts, and you can get just the best teaching from these apostles. It says for a period of time that because of the giving nature of the church, Some people were selling pieces of land that they didn't really need. They were taking the proceeds, giving them to the leadership of the church. The leadership was distributing to anybody as they had need. And for a period of time in that early church, it says there were no needy persons among them. What a church to be a part of. And you would think, you would think that being a part of that kind of a church, it would make it very difficult for leaven to get into your life. But in that church, Acts chapter 5 records for us a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira. Together sold a piece of land led by the Holy Spirit to sell a piece of land like others and to bring the money and give it to the leadership of the church and it too would have been distributed to needy people. But after they sold it, They kept back a portion of it in disobedience to what the Lord wanted. Peter comes to them one at a time, and God gives Peter a word of knowledge about what they have done. And one by one, individually, they lie to the Holy Spirit. And God takes their lives. And you find in Ananias and Sapphira, both the yeast of the Pharisees... They were hiding something, hypocrisy, and the yeast of the Sadducees because they got their eyes on what that money could buy instead of taking that money and doing with it what the Lord had directed. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Watch out for the yeast of the Sadducees, which is nearsightedness and short-term living not living in light of resurrection. And then there's one more. And for this last one, Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. Mark chapter 8 and verse 15. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. What's the east of Herod? Well, there were many Herods. Most of them were wicked rebels, including the one that was ruling and reigning when Jesus gave this warning. Herod is not a religious guy. Herod does not claim to believe in Jesus as the Savior. Herod does not claim to be following God. Herod is doing what Herod wants to do.
0: Pastor Denny has been walking you through several books of scripture in a study called Gleanings from the Old Testament. He's been highlighting important stories and characters, demonstrating how they fit in God's kingdom plans. These people you've been meeting didn't have the benefit of the entire Bible to live from. They didn't know Jesus personally. They only had the promise of salvation to come. In fact, many of the people you'll continue to learn about had to trust God to fulfill the promises that He had made to them, even though they wouldn't be fully realized even in their lifetime. God continues to make promises today to you and to other faithful followers. Those things may be fulfilled while you're still alive, but it's possible that the promise is something for the future, something that you have a part in but won't see fully until you're with Him in heaven. Today, be courageous, stand firm in what the Lord has told you, and follow Him faithfully anyway. You have a part to play in God's kingdom plan, so walk it out with confidence with your Creator. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Living Word. We'd like to pray for you during this study. Would you send us an email and let us know how we can do that? Connect with us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue studying in the Old Testament right here on The Living Word.